Chris, do you want to do the intro today? Yes, I do. Okay, let's go. Now the story of an eclectic fan base who lost touch with reality and the one podcast that somehow holds them all together. It's the Substandard Expanded Universe. Hello and welcome to episode 39 of the SSCU podcast. The podcast which Roger Scruton called, and I quote, the greatest crime against humanity in this young century. But Skidmore College professor of poetry, Flag Taylor, the fourth, calls mediocre terrible. You may wonder who this guy is hosting this podcast. Did Thomas hit his head and lose his accent? No, this is Christopher, your friendly neighborhood Anglican priest. I'm hosting this week because Thomas is sore from taking so much wood. I'm, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, from taking so much wood from a giant pile on the ground and carrying it and stacking it neatly for his parents so they could heat their home during the cold Swedish winters. He's such a good son. I've actually been trying to get his mom on the podcast because I want her, I want to ask her if Thomas is a good boy, but Thomas told me she doesn't suffer fools. Coming to us from the frozen tundra, tundra of northern Sweden is our resident advocate of future wars, my best friend, Leif Thomas Lassie. Thomas! How's the reindeer herd doing today? Are you kidding me? They are in, <laughs> they are incredibly wet today, but other than that, they're, they're doing fine. Is it rutting season? Is it what season? <laughs> <laughs> that was terrible. I... Yeah, you should okay. apologize for that. Move on. And, and you can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes right now. Coming to us from the air quote, great American city of Austin... <laughs> where he describes their summer weather as sweaty balls hot 24 hours a day. We have Mr. John David Alexander Solzhenitsyn, Kyle Schwarber, Ryan Kinney. <laughs> Hello, Ryan. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine until that little best friend comment you threw in there. I wasn't prepared for that. Oh, did, did you notice that? Mm-hmm. All right, good, good. Well, gentlemen, it is no surprise to you, but we have a phenomenal surprise for our, and I'm doing air quotes again, fans today (laughs) to be honest it's probably not much of a surprise since we probably have his name in the title of the episode but we have a very special guest (laughs) here today he is the author of 27 books on getting your wife pregnant he is the former digital editor editor of the final uh, excuse me he's the former digital editor of the finest political weekly headquartered in a six block radius of the washington dc saint regis and the executive editor of The Bulwark, a startup that has already more traffic than I-95 between the Beltway and Fredericksburg. Impossible. That's right. As our guest today, we have the one, the only, Jonathan Victor Last. And we're going to add boys. music here. Do I, get, uh, do I get my pro wrestling style intro music? Uh, yeah, we're, we're going to do, um, are you familiar with Carmina Burana? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Am I familiar with it? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I went to conservatory. I was a, a music nerd as in high school. I like sang Carmina Barada probably seven different times. Are we doing this now, boys? Are we doing this live? Yes. Scissor, who was the first guy to write about the Empire being the good guys? This guy! You think you're a misanthrope? Shannon has placed not one, but three welcome mats outside their door. And what does JBL do every morning and every, every evening? He flips them over. What kind of monster wants guests? You think you hate Vatican II? JBL hates Vatican I! <laughs> you think you're a germaphobe? He has a bottle of extra-strength Purell in both of his strangely deep front pockets of his Prana jeans. You like your Prana jeans? Oh, that's cute. He's a brand-forking ambassador! You like to add a little bit of powdered cheese on your popcorn? Oh, that's that's nice. 
JVL eats it straight from the container. You hate chit chat with your barber. JVL picked a new haircut based solely on the fact that he can give it to himself. So he doesn't have to talk to his barber. You may be a doctor, but he's practically a doctor. Pretty sure this means we can send him our stool. You think you do your research when you make a big purchase? He spends days making charts. Charts! Spreadsheets! Value over replacement mattress! JVL, how are you? I'm okay. <laughs> how are you boys? I'm I'm better than okay. I'm here. I I JVL, have been... I'm sorry to inter- JVL, I'm sorry to yeah. interrupt you. We actually yeah. have to do an ad right now. Thomas, yes. I think this stuff isn't free. Let's go ahead. We gotta run this ad. <clears throat> okay, yeah, so this is a new advertiser uh, for the show. We have not had them before, uh, so we are very happy to welcome them and to take, take their money. With spring coming to an end and summer rapidly approaching, you can finally turn your attention to the projects that your spouse, kids, or in-laws have been demanding that you get done. Maybe they want you to build a birdhouse. Restore your basement by, for example, putting in proper shelves or mulch your yard. Here at Lowe's, we have everything you need to accomplish your goals this summer. We go the extra mile to make sure that you receive the friendliest, most efficient and most punctual service in the industry. Do you need to have something delivered? Don't worry, we'll take care of it for you at the time that is the most convenient for you. No wait and no hassle. Take advantage of our current deals and appliances, such as top-of-the-line German dishwashers, that are like nothing you have ever heard before. You need (laughs) pie straw or even better mulch. We've got it. Head on over to lowes.com slash dudeschatting and enter the promo code EMPIRE for 15% off your next order. You won't regret it. Thank you to Lowe's for uh, sponsoring the SSEU podcast. We're not dudes counting. Or we're not dudes chatting. We're dudes counting. Oh, that's true. Repla- replace I hope that. You, I hope you guys cashed the check because that was part of my settlement with them. <laughs> <laughs> I said they got to go and sponsor my favorite podcast. <laughs> <laughs> JVL, speaking of settlements, I, I heard you bought yourself a severance watch. Oh, shit. Is this out in the wild already? It is now. Tell us. Tell us. It is now. Tell us about your severance watch. Uh, well, wait, wait, how did you guys know? We have sources. Have I mentioned this somewhere? Because I haven't mentioned it on the other show. Uh, so Shannon say we have a man on the inside. Shannon, or a person on the inside. <laughs> Shannon a, a, a has matron. not seen it yet. Oh, I did you, she hasn't seen it yet, though. She just knows that it exists. She was like, there's a package from Australia that got delivered, and it says on a <laughs> customs form that it contains a clock. What is this? And I was like, uh, uh, probably cheese powder. <laughs> probably just more cheese powder it's the right size and shape for cheese powder if you think about it uh, but i i got myself a, a severance watch i did I, I finally got the citizen chronomaster the high accuracy quartz with the dial made of tosawashi paper that i've been jonesing for for like a year and it is glorious paper yeah that's right the dial is is made of this that can we do watch talk? Am yeah, I allowed to do more do watch it. talk yeah. on this show than I am on my other shows? Because <laughs> my other shows, I have to say, my co-host very down on watch talk. Yeah, even on the secret podcast, uh, you don't get to do much watch talk. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, so let's you just live do with it. many abusive relationships. So, so this is a safe space. Okay, let me unzip first. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Okay, so so this watch, the season <laughs> of the master. Oh God! Oh, where are the tissues? Now, that, so so this is a high accuracy quartz watch. It is your, your garden variety quartz watch. The the type of trash you buy at Target it is accurate to plus or minus fifteen seconds per month. Like a swatch. It, or something or yes yes exactly Wait, it gets 15 seconds more off every month or 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 it or it doesn't it either gains or loses you don't even know you don't even know what you're getting with that shit which is why you don't buy it <laughs> yeah. but the high accuracy quartz uh uses a thermal compensator it's like a marvel of engineering and it's accurate to plus or minus five seconds per year per fucking year what this means is <laughs> that i will probably be one minute fast with this watch when flash is getting married <laughs> you sit with that imagine it so anyway this is it's an amazingly artisanal thing citizen is this giant they're probably the second largest watch company in the world mostly they make uh, sort of over-engineered sports watches for the masses uh, but this thing they they only have they've literally there are six guys in the citizen company who are qualified to make this watch and they churn out an average of like one per day so there's just very few of them floating around uh, every part of it is in-house they grow their own crystals for the quartz i mean that's how like crazy it is uh it's titanium with zaratsu polishing I'm gonna black out. Uh, and the, <laughs> even the dial, the dial is made. Is uh, the belt too tight? Don't paper. don't let the belt get too tight. <laughs> it was so much better that way. Uh, uh, just just like a man. Andy Reid autoerotic asphyxiation. I mean, I know that I know that Vic mentioned David Carradine yesterday, but you don't have to reenact it. So the uh, so so, but the best part is the dial. The dial is made of Tosawashi paper, which is the strongest handmade paper in the world. And this particular paper is made by a woman who owns a little paper company in Japan near the factory for Citizen. She's the fourth generation owner, and she makes all of the paper for these watches herself. She doesn't delegate it to some apprentice paper maker. What? So how, it's, it's just amazing. you got to see this so thing. How many, in fact, how anybody many who these... wants to come by my house in a few weeks can see it. How, how many of these watches are there, then, if she personally handmade? all of the paper is it rare it's pretty rare i would say i have never seen one in the wild before uh you can find one or two youtube videos of them uh it is i would say it is a this is a very niche product which is only for for the most part really hardcore japanese horologists so i would say uh, if you were to find my analog in Tokyo, he might have one of these. But over here in the States, like, nobody's got it. It's so hot. So so could you tell us, um, what circuit, like, do you have to really be around horologists to, to really show this off? Like, what, what are the circumstances you'd wear this over the Omega um, C-word? Um, well, like, what's, like, what, in which circumstances would you wear each? So the uh, the this, this, the Chronomaster is much more of a, a pure dress watch, uh, yeah. but I would say I mean look the Seamaster is my first love. It's the finest watch ever made. It's it's always going to be number one. It's always going to get the lion's share of wrist time with me. <laughs> the Chronomaster here is is not here to take that spot, but I would say I I am looking at my rotation and I'm working through some things and trying to figure out how we're going to to work our six watch rotation now. 
And I, I could see the Chronomaster getting up to 15% of, of uh, TWT, total risk time. Okay, yeah. So, um, so it could be you know, your, people, it, it could be in the closing spot. It could be your closer. It could be my closer, yeah, or, or my opener, okay. since that's a thing now. Yeah. That's actually what we have to use in Little League because Flash yeah. is too hard. Yeah. Like it's actually it's bad to start him now because you start Flash and the inning after he leaves, the everybody else looks easy to hit. Yeah, no, but so like as kids after seeing him for for three innings, the next guy they just light him up like a pinball machine. Right. So, yeah. so is there a so, 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 it happens in literally every game that he starts? <laughs> Come on, Chris. So, so um. Some people live by the philosophy: if some is good, more is better. You know, so so that that's where you see people double fisting beers and things like that. Have you ever considered like the the right hand, left hand, um, <laughs> or maybe just wearing them like on the same wrist, like Apple Watch, Omega, and um, Citizen, all like at the same time? Let's just not get stupid. You don't wire wear. <laughs> if you're gonna you wear multiple watches, you don't wear them on the same wrist. What you do is what Norman Schwarzkopf, the great Norman Schwarzkopf. Are any of you guys old enough to? Remember, Nor- Storm and Norman. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Desert Storm, Storm and yeah. Norman wore a watch on either wrist because, <laughs> as he said, it was much more efficient. And this way, he could see the time no matter what his other hand was doing. <laughs> he could always check. Wow. You know, I, I, I'm not, not going to lie. I think uh, I'm probably going to go Norman style. Once I, so, once I get the Chronomaster really really worked up and 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 into the rotation uh, uh, so you're a lefty right Are you no, lefty? I'm a, no i'm a righty but i'm a righty who has to wear his watch on his right hand so okay. i can't wear it on my left hand so if you go each hand which which goes on your right hand uh the seamaster obviously okay <laughs> I'm sorry. What a, what a stupid question. <laughs> uh, but, but just to, to be clear, JVL, um, you didn't actually get a severance, right? No, no. Well, nobody was given a severance. There was there was hush money paid to people for keeping their mouths shut, but there was no actual severance. Severance is what a company gives you because they are shutting down or laying you off right. as a sort of, hey, we feel bad about this. Uh, they didn't feel bad about it. Hush money is what you are paid when you agree not to ever talk about uh, your former employer because of the way they acted. So yeah. I did not. I did not accept the hush money. Uh, not but because you I'm spent, proud. But you spent it anyway. No, this is look. This is not an expensive watch. This is. Okay. I think it's very important okay. for a small subset of your listeners to understand. Say <laughs> I don't know. Like for one thirty ninth of your listeners to understand. <laughs> That this is not an expensive watch. It's a quartz watch, for God's sake. So, uh, question. So, is there a benefit to using paper? Is it lighter? Does it- I mean, I, I don't even understand the question. <laughs> <laughs> is there a benefit to being awesome? Oh. Yeah, you're awesome. Like, that's the benefit. Okay. So, uh, I have a different question. I actually saw the other day that the watches from Interstellar are hitting the shelves and they are Hamilton watches. Do, do you have an opinion on those? Do you, do you know what they are? You know, I don't, I, I don't, I know Hamilton. Mm-hmm. I have not, uh, I have not, I mean, do we want to pause and I can look this up? Lin, Lin-Manuel yes or no? Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, go ahead, go ahead. Give me, a, give me a second to effort this while we, do you guys want to vamp or just want to cut this? Why, why are, no, oh, we're why not are the this. Interstellar watches just now hitting the shelves? The movie is in 2014. <laughs> 
It's like the uh, the Simpsons movie that came out like four years ago. You know, they wanted to really give it a good interval. So I didn't realize what this was. This is the the Hamilton khaki pilot day date. And I did not. This is they did not. They may have made a version of this, especially for Interstellar. But this is not this is an existing Hamilton property that uh, I like quite a lot. I like pilot watches. Someday I will own a pilot watch. Uh, and Hamilton is a strong, strong, uh, strong candidate for that. But it's not, you know, I would say unlike many movie style watches, this is not an especially expensive piece. Uh, you can typically have these for like 400 bucks. It's really a, a disposable. Looks like they're going to be in the new Men in Black movie also. Yeah, and that, that's- you know, that actually fits. It, it totally fits with the whole aesthetic of Men in Black. I could see that. So it, there were actually people on, on Twitter talking earlier today about buying watches. So so if someone's not into watches, but they want to start wearing them, are, are there specific brands or models that you would recommend that people buy as their, their first grown-up watch? Uh, there are, uh, but it all depends on what you want. Um, and this is, you would not believe the amount of uh, watch concierging that I have done over the years. I <laughs> I get a lot of people who email me and are like, I want to buy a watch. What should I get? I'm like, yes, <laughs> let me help. Uh, so I typically will ask like three or four questions uh, to get a sense of what their tastes are and what it is they're looking for. And based on that, I'm always happy to, to give recommendations. Why, Thomas, do you have something? Are you curious? Yellow? Yeah, I, I currently <laughs> do not have a timepiece. No. Are you are you looking for so who, who I, I, you lost your phone? Oh, stop it. <laughs> well, you, Thomas, you do live in in kind of the watch and clock capital of the world. I spend all my money on chocolates. Yeah, I mean, everyone knows that Switzerland is is known for its its watches. Wait, so who who is it who's looking for a watch? Is it somebody we know? Is it Megs? <laughs> oh, I want to get Megs a watch so bad. That'd be funny. JVL, are you aware that um, Megs is 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 very <laughs> distressed by the way that Chris Deaton dresses? Dresses? How could she be distressed? That guy's got so much style. Exactly. Like the way she describes him, like he looked like tries to be like a professor, and I'm like that sounds like a a wonderful sense of style. She wants him to wear like boat shoes and pink shorts, and what? like. She wants him to look like a frat boy, and she's distressed that like he wants to look like a professor. No, I would say he doesn't look like a professor though. He looks like a sort of like I don't know, like almost like a hipster graphic design guy or something. Because it's not just the it's not just the clothes; it's the way his clothes interact with his hair. That guy's hair is awesome. But I bet he has to go sit and chat with a barber to get it cut. I bet he does, and so it's not worth it. (laughs) Not at all. Transition. What crap? I, I skipped one part of my uh, crap. That was like the best part of my intro. I said that um, during the passing of the piece, JVL pretends to tie his shoe. D- what, what do you do during the passing of the piece? Oh, you know what? Well, so first of all, we don't call it that. It's okay. uh, it's, it's it's in real church. It's called the sign of the piece. Uh, sign. And I, you know what? This is the one the one area where I actually look forward to shaking hands with people and I get a little bit miffed when there are the germaphobe types who just sort of like wave at you sheepishly and are like, eh, yeah, hi, peace be with you. And I'm, I can't... A fist I, bump, peace be with you. Yeah, I don't understand that I about myself. I don't understand why it is that I find it comforting and sweet. I it, None of it makes any sense. It's very off-brand, but, uh, but there it is. I don't, do you so guys as do you're it? shaking hands, as you're shaking hands with your right hand, 
as you're shaking hands with your right hand, do you have your left hand like fingering the comfort of the extra strength Purell you have in your extra deep pocket? No, like, I don't. Knowing that weird... you get to wash this off. You know what? I'll I'll go you one better when. Uh... When I'm not, when I'm at a good church, which is to say, not one of the crappy churches we have in Northern Virginia, uh, <laughs> where they offer both species of communion, uh, I, I eagerly look forward to the blood of Christ. Which you would think, like, oh God, drinking from a communal cup that 300 <laughs> people have just drunk from again, like that should horrify me, uh, and yet it doesn't. I can't explain it. Question: uh, Something that's related. So, how how often do you go to the dentist? Oh, you know, no more than four times a year. <laughs> I mean, what do you? So, what do you? What do you people do? Well, my insurance covers twice a year, so I, I right. go twice. But see, this is this is the key. It isn't that you know, medical science does not recommend twice. In, insurance is what dictates twice. It is worth the extra couple bucks to take care of yourself because these are the types of expenditures that will be cheap at. 50 times the price when you're 70 and still have all your teeth. Mm. No. So, so surely you've, uh, as a father of four children, you've kind of nurtured them into, um, once every quarter going to the dentist. You know, uh, this is, this is a funny thing. So I, I am wildly obsessive about dental care at home. Uh, some of the other adults in my house are not. <laughs> and and uh, so Flash was, I would say, a wildly resistant kid in a lot of ways. And that caused not a small amount of conflict between him and some of his parents. And uh, <laughs> and we so we, you know, we got sort of tired of fighting over like every fucking thing, you know, like brush your teeth. Well, I don't want to brush my teeth. You know, it's fine for like a week. When you're into like year six of it, it's like really, really tiresome. And so we we eventually decided that we were going to try to let reality impose consequences on him in some areas where we were just sick of trying to fight with him about it. And so like one of those was homework. You know, well, I don't want to do homework. And we we're like, okay, you know what? Why don't you not do your homework and just see what happens tomorrow? He does his homework now. <laughs> and uh and, and another was uh, dental care. And so we were like, you know, I want to have gum. I'm chewing gum. Everybody at the ballgame is chewing gum. I don't want to brush my teeth. We're like, okay, well, let's just see how that works out. And uh, he went and got his first filling at age 11 this week. And uh, I believe he is converted to taking wildly good care of his teeth. I don't think I, I think I was like 36 when I got my first cavity. And like, I really like, you know, like it's, it's a, it's a thing. I don't want to be toothless when I, oh, dentist, bad. Transition. Transition. So, I mean, spe- well, not really. Speaking of family, can you tell us a little bit about the birthday gifts you get for the kids each year? Oh, do you, do you want to, do you want to talk about the comic books? Have I ever talked about that on the, on the, the big show? I'm not I don't believe sure. so. This, this, this was a question uh, fed to me from, from uh, our a listener on the inside. Yeah. A listener. Yeah. Oh, it's a listener yeah, from, question. From deep throat. So to speak. <laughs> That's staying in. So, uh, so I got this. You know, there are a lot of things I do. I do very badly in in parenting world, but uh, but some things I'm very good at. And I got the idea early on with Flash that when you are giving kids like birthday presents for their very young birthdays. Uh, they're essentially meaningless. All they're going to do is chew on the box, right? They're going to forget whatever it is you've given them. 
the sensible thing to do is get them a savings bond, but like that's the most boring. That's like what your your grandfather yeah. gives you or something. That's a boring gift. Uh, and so what I did was I started buying them reasonably high value comic books. Uh, which are functionally savings bonds. You can sell them at a later date for slightly more than I paid for them. And they are encased in, you know, archival grade Lucite. So you don't have to, you, you don't have to like say, hey, don't touch it. Like the kids can pick them up and hold it and drop it if they want to and slobber on it. And the comics are all protected. And, uh, and so for Flash, what I did was I, I got him uh, and have every year a comic book corresponding to the number of the birthday so i got him justice league of america number one for his first birthday and avengers number two for his second birthday and so on and so forth uh, and i've done similar type things with the other kids and so their rooms are plastered comic books and it's like a thing we share and it's been their introduction to the world of comic books and comic book characters uh and uh you know yada 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 i'm buying a bunch of captain marvel ones next year for the girls so, but are they into comic books? Uh, they're not not into comic books. They, I would say, so Flash had a a period in his life where he was super into comic books and was reading them all the time. Uh, his baseball obsession crowded out everything else from a normal childhood at a remarkably early age. Like, I don't know about you guys. Did, did you guys ever do like the action figure thing? I do they not, have action figures in Sweden? Not in the same they're, way. They're just of, of moose and reindeer though. <laughs> <laughs> no, but isn't there like the European version of GI Joe is called action man. I, am I, am I, making that I, up? I literally have no, no idea. Yeah. Tre Treaty but, man. It's, it's ambassadors. <laughs> <laughs> but Ryan, Chris, did you guys do like the transformers and the GI Joe and star Wars figures and all that stuff? You don't want to hear about my childhood. It's, it's too dark. Okay. We, Ryan, we did go. definitely GI Joe and star Wars. Like we were way into GI Joe. Yeah, I, me too. I mean, I had like everything, you know. Yeah, the, we had the, with a big aircraft carrier thing yeah. with that one year. Um, yeah, uh, we had we, we 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 had huge. No, <laughs> no, my dad was a car salesman. Uh, we we had like, but we'd have like huge wars where we would uh, we'd spend hours setting up our guys on each side of our bases, and because I had three younger brothers, and then we would spend like five minutes just like throwing like you know the missiles that would come with the, yeah. the vehicles and stuff, <laughs> and we would and so we would throw we'd take turns like each person got you know, a turn, you have to throw your missile, you know, across the room at the other brother's base. And then they would throw one and just keep doing that until all the guys were knocked down. Four boys launching stuff. I'm sure it was always, it was never chaotic. So um, I, uh, we need, it was always orderly and your turn now. Well, anyway, the point of all this is that Flash never even touched action figure world. Like at around the age when he should have been getting into action figures, he was getting into baseball and the baseball stuff cut short every other little boy interest. So he like he cycled out of comic books. He cycled out of which I'd say he's vaguely held on to Legos, but even Legos got pushed to the back of the of the line because he was so into baseball. And uh, and I found that kind of strange. I, I think it is atypical of boys his age, but uh, but that's just where he is. So he's not super into comic books. The girls do, but they all they like the lady comic books. What is a lady comic book? Well, uh, they prefer the comic books where the DC superheroes are all girls and they are all in a school together and they have a lot of interpersonal conflicts Is instead this a of Korean fighting supervillains. 
No, I, this is a real thing. It's like they, they literally call it the DC superhero girls. Oh. And it's one of those things where you think to yourself, uh, if you were an intersectional feminist studying this, you would be like, oh, look at this. This is oppression. This is like telling girls they should be only doing pink instead of having whatever color they want. Uh, at least with my girls, this is just what they like. Because I presented them with the whole panoply of like, look at this. This is awesome. Here's Batman. And they were like, oh, look, look. They're all girls our age, and they're in school, and they don't have any real enemies. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there something called Lumberjanes? Uh, I, I believe that's... Is that's, that a euphemism for something? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I... Uh, I legitimately believe that's a comic book that seems popular with, with girls, but I don't know. Okay. And, and Vic. <laughs> it's, it sounds like the girls have similar comic tastes as Vic, is what it sounds like. Uh... Yeah, well, I mean, Vic just likes them to get near them. It doesn't matter what. <laughs> yeah, yeah which, which I mean, that's the appeal of um. What is the? Is it Rainbow Rocks? That's the. That's yes, the, the My Little Pony. My Little Pony. Except they're not girls. ponies; they're little teenage girls. They're tween girls. My Little Ponies is tween girls. <laughs> yeah. Vic Vic has the plastic on the comic books for other reasons, though. Transition. We we have a quiz com- composed by Jason from uh, Cincinnati. Jason Cooper. So, who wants to read it? Chris, do do you want to take the lead on the? On the quiz? Lumberjanes, Beware the Kitten Holy is one of the uh, books. So it is a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look it up on Urban Dictionary. Let's let's do the uh, let's yeah. do the sports quiz. So this is a Philadelphia sports quiz. Are you ready, JVL? Shoot. Number one question number one. In the two thousand four NFC title game, how many times did Carolina Panthers Ricky Manning Jr. pick off Donovan McNabb. Allen Iverson. <laughs> no. That that is correct. Three is correct. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, wow. good. That's good. Wow. Uh, question number two. What size batteries did head coach and former Eagles quarterback Doug Peterson say fans used to throw at him in his playing days? What are D cells, Alex? <laughs> That is correct as well. Um, I have a feeling you're going to get a pretty high grade on this. We should ask afterwards the the at what age you give each of your children a D cell um, <laughs> in the significance of this ceremony. Question Five. number. Th- you have to wait for the age of reason. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so G money's not there yet. All right. No. Question number three. In 1997, the Phillies signed Danny Tartable to be their cleanup hitter. How many games did he play for Philadelphia? Zero. Close. Three games. Uh, <laughs> he fouled the ball off of his foot and broke it, played in three games, went hitless, and never played again in the major leagues. I believe that is three. I believe that may be the same exact number of games that Mike Jaminski played for the Sixers when they did the, the big G-Man trade. I have to go back and look that up. No, Jeff Rowland. I'm sorry, not Mike Jaminski. Jeff Rowland. Scott, Scott Rowland? Are we allowed to talk about Scott Rowland? Or is that still sensitive? No, Jeff Rowland. That whatever no, but, it is before but your Scott, time. Wasn't Scott Rowland drafted by the Phillies and then, or am I thinking of another team that he refused to play for? It wasn't him, no. He was, no. who was it who refused to play for the Phillies? Uh, he wanted to play for the Cardinals. Uh, J.D. Drew? Yes, J.D. Drew. Thank okay. you. Yes, he's the one. They right. batteries at him, too. Nah, he wasn't that great, anyway. <laughs> so you, you got two out of three so far. Question number four. 
What was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' first ever victory in a game played in temperatures below 40 degrees Fahrenheit? You know, I believe that might have been the NFC Championship game against the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> in in what year? In Philadelphia. Uh, this would have been, what, 2003? Wow. Yes. In uh-huh. 2003, which also happened to be the final game played at the Vet. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, so it, it's fitting that it ended that way at the vet. It would have been weird to end with a victory there. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember a preseason game at the vet where Brian Billick was coaching the Ravens and refused to play because like the playing surface wasn't even even. There were big gaps where you could like step in a hole, not a hole, but like some of the, the surface was like three inches below the rest. I don't remember it, but that's a very Brian Bullock thing to do because that guy's a dick. (laughs) God, I hated that guy. He was the most yeah player safety. Who cares about that? He was the most perfectly matched coach to a franchise ever. (laughs) That is true. Oh, okay. If you could perfectly match a coach to the Eagles, personality-wise, who would that be? Uh, Buddy Ryan. Buddy Ryan. The truth is, Buddy Ryan was perfectly matched to the Eagles. Uh, do you guys remember Buddy Buddy Ball? Oh, yeah. He was a yeah. defense coordinator. He yeah. came to Philadelphia. He basically told the offense, uh, "Just uh, everybody go long and let Randall run around." That was literally <laughs> the offense. Randall will run around. Everybody else go long. Uh, just bootleg, bootleg, bootleg. Uh, and you know, meanwhile, he assembled this amazing defense while like shitting on the media and being incredibly quotable and like in a weird because he was a Southern good old boy. And I don't know why he fit with Philly, but man, he did. Like they, they, he really meshed with like the Frank Rizzo years of Philadelphia back then. Maybe it was all the casual racism. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but he then later when he, he went back to being a defensive coordinator. He famously uh, slugged the offensive coordinator. Was this was this in Dallas? Or was it maybe someplace else, like Minnesota? But he's on the sideline, and he and the offensive coordinator are getting into it on his own team, remember? And he finally, like, punches <laughs> And the guy is, like, 30 years younger than him. And he, like, like just, like, slugs him on the sideline in the middle of the game. It was, God, Buddy Ryan was the best. <laughs> and you can't really understand his sons until you... Like, unless you remember what Buddy was like. Yeah, I remember Buddy. And I, and was he – he was defensive coordinator for the Cardinals for a while as well. I think he was um, probably defensive coordinator for half for the For everybody, league. yeah. He was he was just really, really good at that. And oh, he he's really – yeah, yeah. He's kind of like Wade Phillips where, like, he was never a very good head coach, but, like, he knew defense. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. He should never have been the head coach. If they had had a competent – like, a, a total head coach during the Randall years – I think they would have won at least one Super Bowl. Uh, like those those defensive teams were so stacked, and Randall was a good enough quarterback, and they had enough offensive talents that they they could have won. All right. So that was question four. You you've got three out of four so far. We've just got a few more questions left. Question number five: Who was the judge of Eagles Court? The judge of Eagles Court? You mean the 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 courthouse in the basement of the facility? Indeed. God. Ed Rendell? 
Good guess. Uh, Seamus P. McCaffrey. With support from members of the city council, he developed Eagles Court in 1998 in response to a 1997 Monday night football game between the Eagles and the 49ers. With over 60 fist fights reported at the nationally televised <laughs> game, stadium violence became an embarrassment to the city. McCaffrey presided over the court, which was convened in the basement of Veterans Stadium, and handed out fines or jail time to fans arrested during games. God, that's true. You know, it's funny. People people forget that we have some of the uh, the Irish in, in Philly. People automatically think about the Italians, but we have some of the Irish, too. Uh, question number six. In Allen Iverson's infamous practice rant. Practice? How many We're times practice. He- Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. Practice. How many yeah. times did he say the word practice? Uh, God, I knew this once upon a time. Uh, is it 17? A little north of there. 57? There's a 7 in it. <laughs> 22. 22. 22 is the answer. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and I, our, our final question, and let's just remember. I'm sorry, did you have a comment on that? No, I just feel I feel I literally did know that once upon a time because uh, that was that was like two full weeks of Philly sports talk radio when that happened. <laughs> God, it was the best. And remember, this this um, quiz was written by Jason Cooper out of Cincinnati, Ohio. This could he could be making all of us up. So like fact, definitely fact check this. And and again, remember that this is his question. Question number seven: Which professional sports team holds the record for the most losses in history? Ah, you know it's well. Hmm. Hold on. The most. So, are we talking single season losses? No, no. Total total losses in franchise history. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Well, it has to be the Phillies. Yes. Yeah. yeah it has to be right. They play 162 games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 10,941 10, losses and counting. Yep. I mean, I don't want to brag, but I think I did pretty well compared to most of your guests on the portion <laughs> of the show. Well, and I know that you would have done very well. Well, you said, like, you're, like, shouting at the whatever you're listening to during both the Harry Potter and the and the My Little Pony quizzes. I would have crushed those, too. <laughs> yeah. 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 Basically, I'm the best person. <laughs> Is Ryan here? I feel like I haven't heard Ryan's voice, but like twice the whole episode. Am I boring, yes. Ryan? Are you yes. not entertained? Yes, of course I'm entertained. I'm I'm stepping aside for, you know, the 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 good of the show. Because <laughs> you're far more entertaining than me. So JVL, you mentioned. Oh, seriously. That's okay. I guess I don't know. I was listening to I was listening to your show last night with Shannon while we were out on a date. And I was like, man, Ryan Kinney is so funny. Can't I don't remember that. I, I think I, I think I a show with him. He's really great. I really like to be on a show with Ryan Kinney because he's so funny. And she's like, "Yeah, no, he's good." <laughs> okay, JBL. That, um, that's the same opinion. So like you know his like, baby's yeah, racist, yeah, right? You're okay. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you think she got that Wait, from? What what show were you listening to, JBL? Flag. So we were what, listening to what was the what was the episode last night? Um, the most recent episode. Okay, Game of Thrones. Yes, that's it. We are listening to Game of Thrones. And I was, she was like, 
I don't even know what they're talking about, but it's also <laughs> And I was like, I think we should watch it. There's a lot of hot lesbian sex. No, hard pass. Uh, you know, you know. Uh, I, I told, I, I told my wife, Riz, like what you'd said on the secret podcast about how you really wanted to watch it, but Shannon was like, ah, no. And she, when I we started watching, I think during season two, it was my idea to start watching it, and she really, she didn't want to at all. She did. She was like. Like, basically the same as Shannon. Like, I don't think that I would like any of that. But after a couple of episodes, I mean, she was she got way into it more than more than me at this point to where by the end of it, I didn't know all the characters and she knew a lot more than I did. Well, you know? I'll let you try to convince Shannon that we should do that, too. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, let's just watch Emma again. Are there more blonde girls <laughs> in Sweden or in Arizona? Oh, that, that's easy. Uh, Sweden. Does, I missed the does, question. What was the question? More blonde girls. Oh, oh, oh. Natural, does, more natural blondes in Sweden. <laughs> does Sweden have Tinder? Yes, yes, it does. What is it called? Tinder? It's, it's Tinder. It's called Tinder. It's the same freaking app. <laughs> if you think about it, Tinder really sounds like the name of an IKEA bookshelf, doesn't it? <laughs> like all the IKEA things have the names like T I N D apostrophe R, the Tinder. Well, so I, I don't I don't know if you know this, but all of the things at IKEA, the, the names actually mean something. They oh, are, come on, that's not true. I don't yeah, believe you. They, they are either names of places like villages or towns or whatever, or they are names of stuff. You you will have a lamp called use, which literally means light, but because. <laughs> No one knows Swedish. They think it's like, oh, what's this? That's that's a weird name. So it works. Did, really? Did you guys see what IKEA's uh, one of IKEA's most recent uh, advertising campaigns is that they? Are, oh, of course. They are recreating rooms <laughs> from famous TV shows. So they have a room that looks just like The Simpsons living room. They have a living room that looks just like the living room from Friends. And so on. And so they are recreating them. And I am sure that's dragging people to the stores. It's creative. <laughs> it's nice. Is there a worse shopping retail experience than Ikea? You need to learn the shortcuts. You know, they've got that. <laughs> they've got that idea that they're going to trap you in there and make you look at everything before you get through it. And hopefully you'll buy something. It's like the retail version of the Saw movies. <laughs> <laughs> Like, no shit. It is the worst. It is actually a testament to how great uh, IKEA's logistical triumphs are, that they're, they are able to overcome their shitty retail concept with how good their logistics are. It's pretty impressive in its own way. Uh, the founder, too, he would personally travel the world and uh, go where he's dead now. He was also a Nazi. But so he used to travel around and go to each store, and he would make sure that, like, the things that sell, that, you know, like in every store you go to that there are things that are easy to pick up even if they're just like five bucks or ten bucks people will buy them and they will make a profit whether you want to get one swedish meatball or a dozen it's they make it just as easy well, yeah well this is why they want you carrying something with you early that you decide to buy for two dollars so that you don't midway through just say fuck it and walk out <laughs> the store because like oh i've already mentally committed to buying this uh tea light lamp and it's aluminum and it costs a dollar fifty and i don't need it but it'll look cool on the kitchen table maybe and so you just keep trudging through 
And plus, uh, I'm not entirely sure they'll let me out of here if I don't buy something. Yeah, and you're like already committed to doing it, so just keep going. And yeah, no, it's great. The, it's great. The fucking fir- man, I fucking hate IKEA. Trust the process, uh, and so yeah. So, ooh, so, ooh, ooh, ooh! Don't, don't. Uh, we, <laughs> we, we have a, we have a Philadelphia sports quiz coming up, but so let's not. Oh, let's not uh, trust the process, ooh. Thomas. You probably don't know that's a that's a Philadelphia 76 <laughs> So they lost for ten count? straight years, um, just to just really get lottery picks, and they intentionally took guys like Nerlens Noel and Markel Fultz. And um, Jamil Okafor, just to like, it, that was part of the process. These names are made up. Um, so that someday they could get friends. <laughs> says the guy who says that the IKEA names are all real. <laughs> <laughs> and through a decade of losing and asking fans to spend their hard-earned money on tickets, they're like, trust the process. <laughs> we're gonna draft a. We're gonna draft a seven-foot Nigerian who's gonna sit out the first three years because he needs multiple surgeries on his foot, and we're gonna hope. That that's going to be what we're going to build our success on. And how are they doing Is, now? Mm. Uh, they made pretty the well. They made it the second round. Okay. Two yep. years in a row. Yeah. Okay. Now, now that it's meaningless being in the playoffs, because Golden State wins every year. Next week on the SSEU podcast. Uh, I got a bunch of Gatorades and a cooler in my car. Do you want some? And I was like, yeah, that'd be great, man. Thanks. And walked over and they opened up the cars and they had like tech nines on the seats. And I was like, oh, they're not working because they're drug dealers. (laughs) But again, so de Blasio, I think it's actually perfect for him, though, because this is a guy who is only running for president because he's bored by being mayor of New York City and he hates his job. So, so there's just a, a cheese stain on your deck from powdered cheese that's just not coming off. Uh-huh. No, it, it, it looks like a blood spilling stain on a, the pavement <laughs> by a drive-by or something.